Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Tuesday, December the 20th, 2022, and today is our 58th devotional, and we're continuing on with our series on Advent, looking forward to uh, the coming of Christ, um, and with it being so close to Christmas, um, we would be um, n- no um, Advent devotional would be complete without putting in Isaiah seven fourteen, and that's what we will look at today for just a little bit. It says this: <clears throat> Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So as we dive into this just a little bit, um, we see that this was fulfilled. Uh, Matthew chapter 1 describes this and talks about this, that it was fulfilled with Mary. Uh, But it's interesting to me that there are so many people that fight so vehemently against this idea of the virgin birth. Um, I've heard so many different arguments against this, and uh, we'll just list off a few of them because I think most of us, um, when it comes to this time of the year, we do hear these arguments, and it's good to have just a little bit of a rebuttal uh, where you can stand up and and uh, make your case clear, make the biblical case clear, because I think so many people don't have a, a clear understanding of the Word of God. So uh, they're going off into tangents. The first one that uh, I'll just mention is the Jewish case. Um, And theirs is probably the best. They've thought through this the best. They say that this was a prophecy given at a specific time to a specific person for a specific reason and that you're not supposed to take it and apply it anywhere else. And that might make sense if it weren't for all the other cases in the Word of God where God gives a specific prophecy to a specific person and it's meant for a specific time and place, but it also refers to something more or greater and it's pointing to something further down the road. Um, And just a few of these uh, that we can think of, uh, Joseph. Uh, he had his dreams, his brothers rejected him, um, and but he came out, uh, he, he turned out to be their savior, uh, the one that they bowed down to. Moses, the one that um, was supposed to deliver them from Egypt, but he was rejected, went into the wilderness and came, went into where the Gentiles were, then came back and took the people out of out of Egypt. Um, Think of David. Uh, He was overlooked. He wasn't even called to be part of the group that that were to uh, be brought before Samuel, and yet he was the one that was the great deliverer of Israel in his day. Uh, Think of uh, Solomon. Uh, His his brother tried to set up uh, his kingdom, and didn't recognize that Solomon was supposed to be the king. Think about uh, when the kingdoms divided, uh, that they 
they turned from following David. They said that they didn't have an inheritance in David, and so they went their own way, and they rejected the clear teaching of the Word of God. How many times uh, did the Jewish people reject the prophet that God sent to them from Isaiah uh, to Jonah to uh, Micah uh, to Jeremiah, all the way down the line, all of these prophets were rejected. And if they rejected those prophets, why would they not uh, misinterpret and misunderstand the uh, prophecy of Christ? So um, just the simple fact that they have missed it all along uh, makes me uh, very leery to uh, give in to the Jewish people and say, you know, you might have a case here. They have missed it all along from Joseph all the way down. So um, the Jewish argument does not hold up. Uh, in fact, I heard a, a rabbi say about another prophecy. He said that they argued and argued and argued over these prophecies, but uh, that most prophecies had two, three, four, uh, even up to 70 um, valid interpretations of them and different uh, uh, applications of these prophecies. So um, we need to be careful about, um, about that one. The Muslims also bring up uh, their argument against this, that the creator God of the universe could not and would not stoop to such a level of being placed inside of a virgin and being born. It's just too degrading, they say. And I've had this argument with them face-to-face -face there uh, with all the refugees that came into Europe a few years back. They said, um, just give up this idea of Jesus being born of a virgin. Give up the, the idea of, of his death, burial, and resurrection, and we'll just have peace then. And they don't realize that Yes, we might have peace with them at the time, but then we have a bigger problem because then we don't have peace with God. So uh, the Muslims uh, just reject this, but even their Quran says that this is not something that's too hard for God to do. If he wants to, he'll do it. And it reminds me of the verse that says uh, that uh, all things are possible. Jesus said this, all things are possible to him that believes. So uh, God can do what he wants to do. And that brings me to my last argument that people bring up, that this is just not scientific. God couldn't do it because it breaks the rules of, of science and God wouldn't go against his own rules. And that just doesn't make sense because all the way through the word of God, God he, he can step in when he wants to and break the rules of nature, break the laws of nature if he wants to. Uh, he is not um, constrained by the dictates of the laws of nature. Where we are constrained by that, he is not. And that's what shows that he is God. Uh, I heard just an argument even this morning, just a blasphemous argument that, that Jesus uh, would have been... Uh, deformed in some way because he only had the XX chromosome coming from his mother and that uh, that would make him deformed somehow. And it's odd that they will, they will say, well, God could do this, but he had to do it this way. 
God can do whatever he wants. And the Bible teaches that he was fully God and fully man. And he can do what he wants when he becomes fully man. So uh, all the modern arguments just fall flat. They're absurd on their face. But um, back to the, the verse, uh, it, it it shows that... Um, that God is doing something special and he is doing it himself here. He is taking the initiative and he is going to act and he is going to perform. And it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, 15, where we see that God is stepping in and he He says to the, the serpent, he says that the, the seed of the woman and the seed of the, the serpent would have enmity there and that the serpent would bruise his heel, but he, the seed of the woman, would bruise the head of the serpent. And all the way back there, God is showing us that that the Messiah, the one that was to come, the anointed one, would be different than anyone else. And and here's the thing that, that makes it special for us. And here's the thing that oftentimes we miss. Um, in Christ, the sin inheritance was broken. Uh, this um, the idea, and, and maybe I'm misspeaking it for some people or mispronouncing it, it's sometimes hard to get the idea out that we want to, but this idea of original sin, that we were born sinners, and, and having five children and now a grandchild, uh, I know this to be true, that children are not born innocent. They are born sinners, and they have inherited sin from their fathers. The Bible describes this, and it says that it's passed on. And Christ broke that because his father did not give him that sin inheritance. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says this, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. With Christ, though, he was able to break that because he was a virgin born and he had to be virgin born to break that chain. So we can be thankful that Christ stepped in, that God stepped in and did a work for us and broke that chain uh, so that we could be redeemed, that he could die a perfect death on the cross and redeem us. And when we forget the death, burial, and and resurrection of Christ, then we've lost the meaning of Christmas. This is what he came for, was to, to break the chains of sin in our lives. So I hope you have accepted that. I hope you have surrendered to that today. And if you haven't, make today that day that you surrender to him and say, I give up fighting with you, God. Please take over my life. Please be the Lord of my life. It it will be the best thing that you ever do. So I hope you'll think about that. And for those of us that have accepted him, I hope you'll meditate on the idea that uh, of the wonder of God, his His great uh, redemptive plan here of being born by of a virgin. Um, until tomorrow, auf Wiederhören.